right, guys. So welcome back to the Passive Income Decoded podcast. Today we have an amazing guest, David Allen. He wrote the book, Getting Things Done. And that's actually the only book that I've ever given to my virtual assistants. It's like mandatory reading. That's how important it is. So David Allen, thank you for joining us today. Alex, delighted to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Of course. So for those few people that aren't familiar with the getting things done methodology, how, how do you explain it? Your head's a crappy office. Stop trying to manage things in your head. You need to capture and, you know, write down, get out of your head anything that has your attention that's not on cruise control. Sooner than later, you need to decide exactly what the next action on any of that is if there is an action to take. And if there's any outcome that you're looking to produce based upon that, and then you need to organize the results of that in some sort of a trusted system where you've got a list of projects and things to do and all that as a complete inventory of the stuff you've committed to manage and move the needle on in your life. And then you need to build a reflection process where you look at all that stuff regularly so that you feel like you're feeling comfortable about what you're doing and what you're not doing. And basically that you're, you know, then engage with your activity with a sense of confidence as opposed to hope. Exactly. So the main steps that you've identified in, in your writing and in your many years of experience teaching this stuff and doing consulting is number one, capture, clarify, number three, organize, reflect, and then finally engage. Um, so for somebody who's looking to be more productive, how do they take that first step and start implementing some of this stuff? They grab a pen, <laughs> they get a piece of paper and anything that pops into their mind that they would, could, should, need to, ought to, might want to, might, oh my God, I need to handle, I need to address, I need to think about, that needs to, whatever, get it out of your head, write it down. That could take, by the way, anywhere from one to six hours if you were a typical mid to senior level professional. Oh, wow. Whatever. There's a lot of, most people have no idea how many things they've committed to internally that are spinning around and they're like a little rat in the cage. So you need to get all that out. <clears throat> so that's the step one is just externalize that. And that's, that can be transformational for, for a lot of people just to do that. So, yeah. You know, and most people have made lists. Come on, most people listening to this probably have some sort of a to-do list, but not a complete one, hardly. You know, so uh, I'm not talking about the five things that are yanking your chain right now. I'm talking about anything. Your, your, your mom's elder care, the cat food you need, the life you need, the, 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 the thing you need to do with the bank, the thing you need to handle about the phone call, the, 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 the call you just got or the email you just got that's just, oh my God, that's an ugly one. I got to have to respond to that thing, yada, 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 yada. And it's a, there's a lot of stuff out there that we're all engaged in. And most people just aren't that conscious about it all. So anything that can't be handled in the moment you think of it, some of that can. I mean, obviously you get an email and you respond right back, it's done. But anything that's still resident there, that needs to be captured. And that's, the, that's really the critical first step is just getting that stuff out of your head and then taking a look. You'd be amazed what will happen. That's, it, it sounds very overwhelming to start doing that. Like, what does that look like in practice once 
somebody's spent, you know, however long it takes, an hour, two hours, three hours, getting every single thing down on paper, which sounds very overwhelming. Like, what does it look like in practice going from there? Well, Alex, it's funny. People get mad at me for their list. I go, I'm sorry. That's not my list. That's yours. <laughs> you know, if you think you're overwhelmed, you know, all, all, how conscious do you want to be? You know, I'm sorry. You, you've made these commitments. You know, don't get mad at me for what you're looking at. So to, to answer your question from a practical coaching standpoint, what I would do with people, if I were actually coaching people, which I still do and have done for years, thousands of hours I spent with some of the best and brightest doing this. Basically any one of those thoughts gets written on a separate piece of paper by cat food on one piece of paper, throw it in your in basket. Uh, I need to hire or look into hiring a VP of marketing. Great. Write that down. Just a little note, throw it in your in basket. So we basically fill up the end basket with separate particles of things that represent these things people have a, their attention on. So then, then you, what you need to do is ideally, as soon as possible, empty that end basket. That doesn't mean you hire the person or buy the cat food. It just means you take it and then decide what exactly you need to do about that and then organize some reminder or trigger of that in some sort of a trusted system. So when you're at the store, you buy cat food and the next action about hiring, you know, the, the vice president or whatever, which is to call a friend of yours who knows somebody who might be an ideal candidate. You put that on a list of calls to make, you know, when you have time and a phone, you can see that. So basically you're deciding what to do about the things you can't finish in the moment. And then you, then that sort of, Essentially, once you've done that and then park those things in some appropriate personal system, you don't need the little piece of paper. So you throw it away. But you needed a placeholder to begin with. So that's the, that's the process, basically, is emptying stuff out of your head and then basically cleaning up what you just emptied out and cleaning it up or clarifying by what's the next step. What do we do? Is that just a reference material? Oh, that's a dumb idea. Let me throw that away. That's, that's trash. So then you're just making good executive decisions about what each one of these things are and what you're going to do about them. As opposed to the opposite of that is the huh, stacks. I'm sure, Alex, you know the huh, stacks. You open up the email and you go, huh, and, you close it back, <laughs> and you close it back up. <laughs> right. No light at the end of that tunnel, dude. <laughs> right. So you need to put it through the process. And I just discovered what the process was about how you get these things off your mind, how you get them into the system and then how you get them done. So how did you start doing all this? So you, you started doing consulting first, is that right? And then you kind of started developing these methods. Yeah. I had a couple of mentors that taught me some really cool stuff. I like my, my, mental space being clear through martial arts training and spiritual practices and meditation and so forth. And as my life got more complex, I thought, well, that can screw that up pretty fast, but wouldn't it be nice to sort of be free of those distractions? So personally, I was hungry to discover what those techniques were. But then I found a guy who, who, who was a big mentor of mine for a couple of years back in the early eighties. Um, that that had discovered in order to make organizational change from a consulting standpoint, he had to clear executives heads 
because their heads were so clogged up with old business with incomplete loops that were spinning around in there that they, they, they could barely commit to any kind of a change because of that. So he discovered, you know, how to just unload your head, call anything you have attention on, just write it down and then decide the next action on any one of those things. And he, he walked me through that process. I went, Whoa, that's very cool. So I wasn't like in pain or in some negative real state, but experienced what he showed me. And I went, wow, that is incredible. The difference that makes in terms of your consciousness and how much space it then sort of creates in your head. And so I began to take versions of that and, and experiment that with that with my consulting clients and like produce the same result, more control, more focus, more space, more freedom to think about the cool stuff you want to be thinking about or spend time doing. And then, um, and so that started to become a pretty successful, you know, sort of component or tool in my own uh, consulting practice. And then I had a head of human resources for a big corporation, see what I was doing. And he said, wow, we need that in our whole company, you know, more control, more accountability, more freedom, more focus, et cetera. So he said, he asked me if I could help him design or if I could design a, a training program that would then take this, what I'd uncovered and put it into some sort of an educational format. So I said, hmm, sure. So I'll see what I can do. So I spent a couple of months with his team and I built a two day pilot program of personal productivity or personal. Yeah. It was really a personal productivity seminar for executives and managers and supervisors in the company. We did a pilot program for a thousand of their folks, you know, over uh, an extended year's period of time. And it was quite successful. This was Lockheed, 1983-84. And it worked quite successfully. So I went, wow, what did I discover? And so I found myself thrust into the corporate training world, which then forced me and gave me the opportunity really to refine and enhance sort of a model of what's a defined methodology about how do you get your head clear about stuff, you know, when it's when it, when it's banging on your brain. Awesome. So what are the... Like when somebody's practically going to be in, in implementing these steps into their lives and these me methods into their lives, what are the most common issues and roadblocks that people run into when they're, when they're implementing this? Most people don't want to do it. Right, right. And most people don't want to look at what they've committed to. So there's the first thing, the hurdle to go get over. It's called, excuse yeah. me, could you write down every single thing that's on your mind? Oh, issue with my mother-in-law. Oh God, the insurance thing I need to deal with. Oh Jesus. Oh, I, tires in my car. Oh yeah. So that's the first hurdle just to be willing to be, to admit all the things that are actually engaging your consciousness and to, and to write them down. So that's the, that's the first issue that people have probably the next. And you know, maybe the, the most, um, the biggest barrier to entry is most people don't, feel comfortable with a tool to keep track of all of this. And you have to have some sort of a tool and it could be anything. You know, there, it, it could be low tech. You could be writing calls you need to make on separate pieces of paper, throw them into a folder called calls to make that works. Works very well. Actually, you could have a mid tech solution. You could, you know, have a loose leaf notebook or, or, you know, planner and just stick a page in there called calls to make and just, Put each one of your calls on that page. That works very well, actually. Um, sort of a loose leaf planner is maybe one of the most 
you know, efficient or effective ways to manage lists of your commitments. And then there's the, all the high tech stuff. And there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of apps out there that have been built, especially since I, you know, wrote my book there where, you know, software developers have built these list manager apps and there are hundreds of them. Uh, and you could use any one of those. You, you could, I know people that just use Excel. They just keep track of phone calls and whatever because they loved the way they could sort them various ways, given all that stuff. So all of those, having a good tool, whatever tool you're using to make list right now is probably the best tool you should use to begin with. And But getting a tool and feel comfortable of writing down something as dumb as buy cat food you know, somewhere, as opposed to trying to keep that in your mind as well as write down a project called, you know, um, you know, restructure my board or, you know, implement the new um, business model I want in terms of my, you know, uh, passive income. You know, so those are, you know, where are you writing down that? And then where are you writing down all the things that are on your mind that you need to handle or think about, about all that. So getting some, you know, first of all, recognizing that getting it out of your head is the first step. And then secondly, where do you park it <laughs> when you, when you get it out of your head, mm-hmm. those are probably the two critical issues. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the issues that I'm facing. Like I always have a, just a simple notepad open on my computer so I can write down any, you know, business ideas or to do things, but I don't have a effective or efficient way to process that data you know, and put it over into something that I can actually take action on every single day. So that'd be extremely valuable. Sure. So like, for example, why is time management like not a, not an effective thing to focus on as opposed to, you know, setting goals and stuff like that? Why is time management not an effective thing to Focus. You can't you can't manage time. You don't mismanage five minutes and come up with six or four and a half. Come on, you, time just is. What you manage is your focus and your attention, and and feeling comfortable about where you're putting that. So, it's not about time. Time is an important factor, much like money or or your space or whatever. All those things are factors that go into what you're doing at any point in time. But you know, um, the reason they call it time management is because you know, people who make a lot of money think they need it. And it's hard to admit you need to help in managing yourself if you're making a lot of money. So they call it time management. But it's really about managing yourself. Where do you manage your focus? You're putting your focus. There is no more time. You can't get more than 24 hours. You know, you, you don't, you know, not managing time. What they mean by that is I need to get my systems or my focus under control so I feel comfortable about what I'm doing. And so anybody who thinks they need better time management is just saying, I need better focus or better control or some combination thereof. So if somebody has, you know, let's say five projects due at work or something like that, how do they, how do they set it up or, or how do they distinguish on that list? What's the most important thing to focus on at this time? Well, a critical behavior is once a week, you damn well better look at every commitment you've got and look at your calendar. Right. If you'd done that and said, oh, my God, I got these five things coming up. This one's due then. This one's due then. But I better block out two hours on Tuesday to be able to work on that thing. 
what, what's the next step on this kind of thing? You know, basically, most people are not just you know lifting up into the fire tower and you know and managing the forest; they're just hugging trees. So, you know, the whole idea of building a, a some sort of a of a coherent system so you can look at all your commitments in some way, and you know, because that's very very different. I don't need to look at those kind of things because I don't have those kind of projects coming up now. I'm come on, I'm seventy two. You know, I've got a different life than you do, right? And so you might need to look at things a little more discreetly in terms of, hey, he, well, actually, I, <laughs> I still have to do that too because I'm still doing at least, you know, you know, six or seven interviews a week that I've, I've been doing. Right, so I need, right, I, right. I need to look at my calendar, what's coming up, what's coming toward me, what are the things that I've committed to complete by some period in time and therefore, do I need to block out time? Do I need to just shut down the world and do this X, Y, and Z? Do I just let this happen? I'll wait to the last minute because that's fine. And I don't make any rules. You know, only thing I do consistently is wake up. So I don't make any rules about any of that. I just need to keep all this stuff externalized and then on a consistent basis, keep reviewing it and saying, okay, now what? Now what? Now what? Now what's critical? What's got my attention right now? What do I need to do? What's most on my mind that I need to relieve that pressure or tension about? Are there any of these steps or methods that you struggle with, like implementing? Mm, not struggle. It's a constant um, reminder that I need to do what I teach. Mm -hmm. You know, it's still very seductive for me to say, oh, yeah, I'll get back to you about that and not write it down. But <laughs> you go, excuse me. And so I pull out a little wallet that I've got in my back pocket that I keep with me for the last 30 years. And I make a little note about it. I mean, that's not, that's not easy. It's not sociable. It's not whatever. But I have to do that. So I still have to get myself to do these behaviors. I still have to get myself to sit down and say, come on, David, you haven't done a weekly review for two weeks. You teach this stuff. Oh, okay. And I need to sit down and get myself to do this. So these are not, <clears throat> you know, I've taught this stuff for 35 years. I wrote the book, but I still have to work at these. These are, it, it's like life. Come on. You, you got to keep working at, at staying healthy. You got to keep working at making, making a relationship work. You got to keep working at all this stuff. Yeah. And that actually somebody asked me a, a couple days ago um, about procrastination and like how I deal with procrastination and, the interesting thing I was thinking of is like in the last few years since I read your book and started imp implementing stuff and I'm definitely no model example either. You know, I mess up. I, I don't just stick to the model all the time either. And but procrastination really doesn't come into it because you know what you need to focus on and you know um, what needs to be done today in order to stay alive, I guess. So. But like, what, what do you tell people who are, are asked? I'm sure you get, how do you deal with procrastination all the time? Most people procrastinate because they haven't discovered or decided what the very next action is on whatever that situation is. And they freak themselves out by thinking of all the things they have to think about that they might need to think about that they might need to think about in order to be able to think about in order to do it perfectly. And they just freak out. And so they freeze as opposed to, excuse me. What's the very next? I'm going to pay you six gazillion dollars to just start. Oh, okay. Uh, let me surf the web. You got it. So, getting it down to the very discreet, very next action step you need to take 
to figure out what you didn't do. And if you train that cognitive, it's a cognitive muscle you need to train. You weren't born, born doing that. You actually have to train yourself to think that way, which was a kind of a big surprise to me. But I discovered that over all these years that people don't automatically do that. You actually have to coach yourself and say, wait a minute, what's the very next thing I would need to do if I were going to move the needle on this? If, somebody, if I had nothing else to do but write the great American novel or to create my own you know, um, passive income company. And right now, somebody was going to pay me a million dollars just to start. What would I do? Talk to your spouse about something? Uh, surf the web about something? Go to the hardware store and buy a nail? The nails, you know, I don't, what would you do? What's the very next thing? And most people don't actually haven't trained themselves to do that kind of granular thinking process. And if they did, man, that's going to unstick a ton. Right, right, right. One thing I was thinking of is there's in this space of, you know, entrepreneurship and um, building businesses in this space, there's a lot of talk about, you know, how we should set goals every quarter and, and we need to be hitting goals and they need to be really huge goals and, and setting our goals higher. How do you train people to set goals? I tell them don't bother. <laughs> Why is that? Uh, most people need to clean their toilet instead of set goals. <laughs> they got, they got so much in their life that's out of control that they set goals. All they can do is frustrate themselves and create more guilt and pressure. So I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not, right. not much. You know, so you need to get control of your life. Once you get control of your life, your goals are already there. You don't need to set them. You need to recognize them. I see. Okay. So, so it's, it's you need a to different... relax and listen, but, but you need to get rid of the static that's getting in the way of, of understanding where it is that you really want to go and what you really want to be doing. Yeah. So I guess it's all about that focus. Like you were talking about, it's figuring out. It's about clear space. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What, what do you need to do to get your head clear? What, what do you need to do to relax, to stop? Just stop and be into nothing space and then see what shows up. And then that's the place that you then need to start to address. How do I address that? Is it cat food? Is it get a life? Is it get a new, new life partner? Is it, <laughs> yeah. what do I need? What's really got my attention right now? And then how do I start to engage with that appropriately? Do you do any type of meditation or anything like that to help clear headspace? Oh yeah. Yeah. I have for 50 years. And that's, is that, I don't know if you mind getting into it too much. Is that like transcendental meditation? I did that for a little while, you know, 20 minutes in the morning. No, it's, it's really about just sort of um, shutting down your external world inputs so that you could listen to your internal world inputs. The world, the universe is always on, Alex. Come on. You know, meditation is not about being quiet to get into nothingness. There is no nothingness. Well, except in a, in a, in a, in a weird kind of way there is. But, you know, basically you just want to shut down the, the external noise so you can listen to the internal voices. And then you need to then manage your focus. It's, you know, so my meditation is, is a very active meditation. It's about, you know, keeping my mind and my emotions and all my, all of my 
sort of consciousness engaged in a process that aligns with a positive focus. And then that releases the ability to tap to things out beyond all that. So in, in practice, does that involve like a mantra or is that? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it has. But many times it's just waiting for a tram here in Amsterdam. I'll just sit in quiet and then just listen. And that's my meditation. You know, because there are there are things I'm I'm much bigger than me. So <laughs> my ability to listen to the bigger part of me, oftentimes just all I have to do is relax, focus my breathing, you know, and listen and say, hey, what's what's the news? You know, what do I need to pay attention to right now? Because everybody has a still small voice. You know, you just what you need to do to, to get to that. And that that's pretty much my you know, there's, there's, there's more stuff to it, but that would be out beyond the, this conversation. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Because I mean, a, a lot of people talk about how, uh, about meditation. I, I go on and off with it, but it's more about not necessarily what you do in practice, but just some way to, you know, sit in silence and, reflecting as well as you know mantras are great too so that's really uh yeah well alex as soon as you know exactly who you are you're there and until then whatever you need to do to find out more about that is going to be good work Awesome. Well, how about we end it there? I don't know if we could end it on a better note than that. So <laughs> I could, I could talk to you all, all day about this type of stuff. I love it, but, uh, it's super valuable and interesting the the methods and all the practical stuff you teach. I mean, your book is full, uh, getting things done is full of practical advice. And that's why I really love the book and everything you teach. So thanks for spending a little bit of time with me today. My pleasure, Alex. Thanks.